Let's go ahead and bring in Wasim. He is back for his second appearance on the show. We don't have many guests that come back for a second time. So that means he's going to have some really good insight for us again. So welcome in, Wasim. Hey, Blythe. Thanks so much for having me again. I really, really appreciate it. Looking forward to this. Absolutely. And so we've got a few topics to dive into. So I'm just going to jump right into it. Um, I mentioned earlier in the show (laughs) about the Gen Z sort of uh, slang that's going on in the hiring world today. And one of those that those different slang versions of what they're using is maybe it's not necessarily uh, solely Gen Z, but it's probably across several different demographics. But the concept of quiet quitting, can you break down what quiet quitting is? And if this is something that employers should really be worried about? Yeah, I mean, it, to be honest with you, it's, it's not something that I've heard too often, probably because I'm more so on the on the front end uh, of the employee experience. I'm on the hiring side of the experience more so on, than on the um, exit interview um, uh, of the ex- employee experience. Uh, but my understanding is that it's basically when uh, there's just a lack of communication on the way out, right? I mean, historically, you know, people are really worried about their jobs and they want to make sure that they have security. And I guess we've had a couple of years of such a strong, um, you know, talent market that folks could, you know, walk away from their jobs without, you know, asking for an early performance review or asking for a weekly one-on-one with their manager to see how they can make things better and so on and so forth. And so these are things that used to happen regularly because people were, you know, super concerned about the stability of their jobs, and it was very much, um, you know, less a a talent-driven market. But we had a very strong talent-driven market for the last couple of years, uh, and you see folks kind of walking away without giving too much notice. And so, with a lot of these, I, I guess, sort of the shifts in hiring that we've seen over the last couple of years. What trends do you think are here to stay based off of the last two years? And which ones do you think are going to kind of, I guess, sort of normalize as we head into, you know, the new year and, and kind of get a, getting away from the, you know, the lockdown life? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think certain things that were already happening, uh, COVID lockdown life, as you said, kind of just accelerated those things that probably would have happened over the next few years anyway. Uh, but I think some of the hiring trends that we're seeing are our folks are becoming very much, particularly the the younger crowd, the Gen Z crowd that, that we're referring to, are, are becoming very focused on purpose-driven work. You know, historically, again, it's it's been about stability, money, benefits, healthcare. Uh, folks want to work on something that's important to them, that they're passionate about, um, where they feel like they can make a difference. Um, those things, I think we're, we're beginning to see more of an emphasis on those trends and COVID definitely accelerated that because people started to look at their job and their life and the work-life balance from a different angle, I think, than they were before. Oh, that's super interesting with the, the purpose driven. So I guess maybe to facilitate that, I would imagine that more companies are starting to have more, you know, charitable efforts that they're closely tied to. I've seen that happening in the transportation space. Do, do you think that that's a, that's a safe assumption that more employers are going to start creating these purpose driven programs? For sure. And I think it's, it's not just about, I mean, it's about val- their, their mission, vision, values, right? I think it's about what kind of nonprofits they get involved with, but I think I was more referring to the actual product and service that they're providing, right? Does does oh, the product true. have? Yeah, yeah. Does the product have uh, an impact on um, on the environment? You know, for example, mm-hmm. we see a lot in transportation. We see a lot of visibility tools um, and other automation tools that are allowing us to track environmental impact from trucks and and you know uh, final mile deliveries and things that we weren't really tracking at first. That's really important to some people, to a lot of people. 
Um, you know, what do they do in terms of work-life balance, in terms of healthcare? How progressive are they? How diverse is your workforce? These are things that people were talking about already. And I think we, we certainly um, saw that become accelerated. And the younger generation in particular, is, it's really, really important to them. Money is obviously important. People are always going to have to pay their bills. Um, but I would, I would say it's certainly not the number one thing anymore. Um, I think also the hiring trend that, that um, you know, hiring managers and, and employers need to start paying attention to is uh, this generation has kind of always grown up seeking out mentors. I don't want to say that they've been coddled more than prior generations, but they're certainly used to having security, uh, generally speaking, more so than prior generations. And so employers need to think about assigning mentors, assigning coaches mm. when somebody joins an organization, things like that. Um, who is this person looking up to? Does this person um, you know, have certain interests in line with them? Do they have a career track that this new employee is looking to also have? And so this has to become part of the interview process to understand what's important to this person as an individual and not just are they qualified for this job and is this job going to be interesting to them from a day-to-day standpoint? That's super interesting because I, I wouldn't have thought that that would be almost like a benefit, part of like a benefits package that an employer could mm-hmm. offer is that, hey, we're not just bringing you in to fill a seat, but we're invested in you if you choose to invest you know, your career with us. And so I think that that's a super positive angle that a lot of companies can start taking to attract that top talent that can feel like they have you know, room for growth. Now, on the flip side of it, especially with the younger demographic with Gen Z, we kind of joked about this the last time you were on the show after the show was over. But I saw this TikTok of this woman who was going through the hiring process and she really wanted this job that she had applied for. And when she didn't get selected in the email, she just sent back just a meme that said, why though? And so if you know that meme, why though, then it's a super funny meme. And that's all she sent back. But it worked. She ended up the the hiring manager laughed at it, brought her in for another, brought her in for that next phase of interviews. Are you? What do you think about this trend? Firstly, and then would you, I guess, advise other Gen Z people or maybe you know millennials or even older generations to use memes if they're trying to get a job? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's 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 the uh, it's last generation and the prior generation's uh, way of sending in your resume via snail mail. I remember when I first started recruiting, it was maybe 2012, 2011, 2012, somebody sent me a resume um, via snail mail and it stood out to me. And it made me, you know, maybe I would have missed that person in an applicant tracking system with 200 other applications. Um, but I said, you know what, this person really cares or, or, you know, this person made me pay attention to them. And so, the, you know, the point, I guess, of, of that TikTok was... Find, figure out a way to stand out. She got their attention, you know, and I think part of the unfortunate, I guess, the, the cons of all the automation we have on, in the recruiting world, especially in the internal recruiting world, um, is it allows you to see so many candidates so fast mm-hmm. at such a high rate and such a high volume that you forget you're dealing with human beings, right? And so it's just so easy to go, this person looks good, this person doesn't look good, this person looks good, so quickly going through applications, if you're even going through them, because you have so many automation tools that are just, you know, you know, filtering out candidates just based on keywords and so on and so forth. So I guess it was funny, but it also makes a point to say, figure out a way to stand out, even if it means taking a risk and doing something kind of funny that could be seen as unprofessional, depending on who's on the other side of it. But clearly it worked in that situation. Yeah. I mean, what do you have to lose, right? Like <laughs> you, they right. already didn't tell her about the, right. the, the job that she wasn't selected. Right. <laughs> 
So, so let's talk about what, what does the current market look like as we're heading into Q4? Where are the hiring opportunities? Uh, is, is it just seasonal or, or should we be expecting or looking in, in other areas of the hiring world right now? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 can, I can speak generally to the market, I guess, but more so where we're focused. I think the hiring in the supply chain space, particularly in the supply chain technology space, is still very strong. I think we talked a little bit uh, in, in the last time I was with you about how to figure out who's hiring and where that volume is happening. And, and I said that we need to follow the money. And I think the money uh, being invested and being spent uh, is being done so a little bit more selectively now because there's certainly hesitation in the broader market. Um, but the folks that were going after top 10, um, you know, grade A, top 10% candidates are still going after those folks at the same rate as they were before. Um, and that's that's most of the exposure that we have, right? Because our clients aren't reaching out to us to um, to reach out to folks that that you know are, are lower performers or or just average performers. And so I think the demand for you know the top talent is definitely still there. You'll see, obviously, in transportation Q3, Q4, uh, particularly in the contract logistics, the final mile delivery, everything that we see come along with the trends that have to do with the holidays. You'll see temporary hiring go up, but I think in terms of the the um, you know permanent full time employees, it's been uh, pretty pretty level. I think uh, over the last few months. And so, say I'm I'm one of those top tier employees, and I'm thinking about leaving, but it's just not something that's you know at at, at the my the front of my mind each day. What should I do to sort of set up my my deck? For success, per se, should I be out there? You know, we're obviously working with a company like yours, or um, actively submitting my resume. You know, just sort of testing the waters. Or how, how would how would you approach it? Or what advice would you give to somebody who who already is that top tier talent and maybe could benefit from making a job switch? Yeah, absolutely. So I will say that we're seeing um, two different kind of reactions to a change in the general market. Some candidates are thinking maybe this is the time for me to make a move. I'm not really sure how my company is going to be affected by the, the general market. And then we see some folks who have become a little bit more hesitant. Let me just sit tight and see what happens with the market over the next couple of months. Um, and, and so we're seeing those, those two different things. I think the top 10% of talent that we see, um, the advice that I would give, but I think most of them are already doing it, is you should be regularly networking with the, the best the best within your industry. I think most folks, you know, we we're obviously busy, so we do make placements, of course, within that within that group. But a lot of folks are finding their next job because they've been networking within their industry to begin with. And so I would recommend, you know, even if you're happy where you are, you're thriving, you're doing great, you're being promoted, um, regularly be involved in industry events. You know, get to know people within your industry at your level and above. If you're a younger person, seek out a mentor within the industry. Most of the jobs that you're going to find, if you're you're you know top talent, you're going to be pulled um, into an organization as a result of one of those efforts. And so, if you're not doing that already, I would highly recommend starting to do that as a regular practice. And so, you mentioned networking. Is that uh, is that more in like the social media realm? Is it you know virtual or live more. events, or is it kind of all of the above? All of the above. You know, you know whether you're looking for a job or not, make sure your LinkedIn profile is up to date share content that's relevant to your industry, add value to whatever network you're involved in, whether it's uh, LinkedIn or something more social uh, like Facebook or, or whatever. Um, you know, If you can attend industry events in person, great. It's never been easier than in the last couple of years. That's one of the, you know, the silver linings from COVID. There's so many virtual events that you can attend for free. 
Um, and, it, you know, maybe it's only 15 minutes of the whole hour or something, but it gives you an opportunity to connect with people that have similar interests. And now all of a sudden you're not reaching out to a stranger on LinkedIn, you're reaching out to somebody who was at the same event, you know, watching the same panel, discussing the same thing in some kind of chat. Um, and you have, you know, a warm introduction as opposed to reaching out to a total stranger. So there's a lot of ways to go about it. So when you had mentioned earlier about how you know the different employers and and how they're offering these mentorships and you know sort of a coaching role to entice employees to to join their company, what about the retention model? How are employees are they are they valuing um, the retention or staying within that company? And is there anything that I guess maybe some companies are doing really well that other companies should be doing more of to keep their top talent? Absolutely. So I think the companies that have the best retention rates are getting ahead of the game in terms of succession planning and development planning. So, you know, the, the, the companies that are doing a really good job are approaching their, not only, not, not only their top employees, but all of their employees that they care to retain and finding out in advance, what do you want to do next? Where do you want to be in your career two, three years from now? And, and, and actively doing that, you know, on a granular scale, maybe you have a one-on-one with your direct reports once a week or every other week. And so you're tapping into their interests on a regular basis as opposed to once a year at a performance review. The the employers that maybe are struggling with retention, they wait till someone puts in their two weeks notice to find out, hey, what was important to you? You know, why didn't we address this earlier? You know, maybe there wasn't an open door policy. Maybe nobody was communicating with that person. And so, you know, some folks are a little bit more uh, forward and they will ask for what they want and what they're looking for. Some folks, maybe they don't know any better. And so as an, as an employer, if I want to retain my best employees, I'm going to proactively find out what's important to them and try to feed that to them as much as possible. What about the shift, I guess, the world, the, I guess the enormous shift that happened within remote work? Is that another... You know, we saw Apple, I think this week is starting to require all of their employees to come back into the office. Is But they, they kind of backed away from the full time. Everybody is back in the office every day. It's kind of a hybrid approach where three days at home and you have to come in on these days versus, you know, Monday, I think it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you have to come in every day to Apple, but Mondays and Fridays are optional. Um, are you seeing that among the, the workforce of, an, of employers trying to use that as a retention tactic or recruiting tactic where they're offering these hybrid work models or is most companies just going back to the office? It, it is absolutely at the forefront of the conversations that we're having with mm-hmm. the candidates, 100%. Um, some employers have taken the, the line of this is what we're going to do. It's our way or the highway, full time in the office. Some are offering hybrid. Some are still saying, you know, full time from home. Some are saying, hey, department managers, mid level managers, it's up to you. Do what you need to do to, to keep your employees happy. It is absolutely, though, at the forefront of, of our uh, conversations with candidates. People change the way that they're living in a lot of ways, whether they moved away from a big city. Uh, or they decided we don't want to, you know, put our kids in childcare anymore, or they switch schools. Or like people made major life changes over the last couple of years, you know, based on the fact that, hey, look, I, I don't have to be in an office. I've clearly proved myself. And if my company ever requires me to come back, I have a track record of performing well working from home, and somebody else will find that attractive. Uh, and so it, it is definitely causing a major, uh, major shakeup. Uh, some some employers, I think, unfortunately, are using it as an opportunity to, to cut some fat, particularly as the market is changing. Uh, maybe an opportunity to have an excuse to let go of their, their bottom 10%. Um, but a lot of employers, I think, in a smart way, are, are not doing a black and white um, either or scenario. I think the smartest way to go about it is 
if the jobs can be performed remotely and they have a proven track record of doing so, they should have the opportunity to do that. This is what the workforce is looking for. Obviously, if it's a hands-on job where you're in a warehouse or you're touching something physically and you need to be there, then you're required to be there. But you know, we have we have you know we've seen clients that and clients and just companies in general that um, are requiring folks to be in person that had a performance track record that was strong for two years doing the same job from home. And and sometimes I scratch my head about that to be honest with you. But um, you know, they're they're learning. I think a lot of companies are learning as they go to see how are employers and future candidates reacting to the moves that they make. That's very well said because I think that it, the rigidness over you know the the work from home versus work in the office. I think that a lot of those people are just going to be pushed out not naturally by the the market conditions. If you're going to be rigid about your employees being in the office when they don't have to be because you're a micromanager, I think you're just going to be phased out employment wise. All right, we seem what what else should we know about the hiring market as as we enter into Q4? Is there anything else that that employees maybe looking for new new opportunities should be aware of? Uh, I think just you know keep an eye on the trends that are, that are out there. Keep an eye on which companies are doing well. Who is introducing something new into the market that's going to actually have an impact? Pay attention to those things. Those are going to be the organizations that are hiring, even as the market is uh, you know fluctuating up and down. Uh, maybe being more of a bear market over the next couple months. We're certainly going to see that. So just pay attention to who's actually making an impact. Who's actually driving real value? Those are the organizations that are going to be seeking out the top talent for sure. Awesome insights, just as last time. All right, Wasim, where can folks follow more of your work, Moon Air Group's work, all that good stuff? Yeah, definitely visit our website at moonairgroup.com. Follow me on LinkedIn, follow Moon Air Group on LinkedIn. We're always trying to put out relevant content that's important to people. Love to get to know everybody. Please reach out to me personally and uh, we'll certainly connect. Awesome. Thank you so much. Great insight. Loved hearing that, especially as we enter in Q4, where a lot of people are going to be making decisions about what 2023 and beyond has for them. So thank you again for that insight. Thanks, Blake. Enjoy it. Take care. hope you enjoyed that episode of Everything is Logistics, a podcast by Digital Dispatch, where we help your company build a better website. And speaking of my company, I founded it back in 2018, but we recently streamlined our website services plans. So if you want to check out how we can help you and your marketing team build a better website and connect those ROI goals, then go visit digitaldispatch.io. You can also check out past episodes of this show and every show by hitting up the resources page on digitaldispatch.io or on everythingislogistics.com. I do some freelance content projects for select clients. And if you liked this show, then you might like some of the other content projects that I've worked on, like Cyberly, Maritime Means, and more. But until next time, I'm Blake Brumleave, and I will see you real soon. Go Jags!